friends. If you're not a Facebook friend and you are a follower from a different area, if I did not meet you on Facebook, I posted a post about a couple weeks ago that reminded me of a lot of shifting in my own life. And the picture that I posted on Facebook are a set of keys, three keys. Two of them were my apartment keys and one of them was a mailbox key. And I had these keys in my possession for about two years. I absolutely loved this apartment because it was different from all the other apartments in town that I've been to really in all of my renting life. This apartment was nestled in the woods and they had two pools on the property. They had a nice workout area and some apartments had garages, some didn't. I didn't have the one with the garages. I had like the very basic cheap one bedroom, one bath. But sometimes you got to put your keys on the table and walk away. My apartment keys back in July 2018 is when I took this picture that you guys are just listening to. So just imagine having three keys on the table. I loved my little 800 square foot apartment nestled in between shopping centers, yet far back enough to be peaceful and wooded. But I didn't like the dogs that were living on top of me though. And I didn't love the rent that was increasing to $1,000, a little over $1,000. So I knew I had goals and my goal was to buy a house. But I threw up my hands and I moved out of my apartment and reluctantly moved in with my mom. I was sick to my stomach that day and kind of in a daze. I was like, it was like taking a step back in life. But I just knew living with my mom was temporary as my intentions again was to buy a home. And it had been that way for at least six to eight months of thinking about what I can do and prepare myself for getting a home. But the time that I moved out in July, 2018, I didn't make enough in the salary to qualify for a home loan. Yet, I really loved my job. For the first time ever, I loved what I was doing. So I continued to pray, fast and pray, cry and work. Four, af- four months after my move to my mother's house, I got a promotion on my job. And then three months after that, I bought my first house. So when I saw this picture of these three keys on my Instagram, it reminded me that there's power in prayer, intentions, faith, meditation, and belief in oneself. At the end of the day, You got to bet on self no matter how it feels in the moment. You are the CEO, the CFO, the COO, the relationship expert of you. Of course, others can help guide you. But sometimes it is best to take off the keys from the ring, slap them on the table, and walk your pretty or handsome self away.
You are listening to Season 3 of Get Naked Therapist Podcast with LPC Chris. LPC is a licensed professional counselor who has over 15 years in the field of social services. Join LPC as she speaks with other licensed and non-licensed mental health healers and helping professionals to not only educate, but entertain you with 100% transparency. Let's talk about all the things we did not learn in school. Hey y'all, it's the month of May. So that means it's go time. Mental Health Awareness Month. So what y'all got going on? I know for this pod, I have a very special guest. And this guest is Dr. Katherine Jackson. I'll introduce her to some, and some of you guys already know her. Her website is drkatherinejackson.com, and you spell Catherine with a C. So Dr. Catherine is the owner of ONS, which is Optimal Neuralistic Services, and she also has a private practice. So I wanted to sit down and talk with Dr. Catherine because what I hear is she's America's number one brain psychologist. She has been featured in Oprah Magazine, The Huffington Post, Prevention Magazine, The Washington Post, CNN, Bustle, and many other media sources. She is a speaker and an experienced clinical psychologist, neurotherapist, and coach who inspires others to live their best lives. So I was able and very honored to sit down with her and have a chat, more like a chat, not like an interview, because I do have her new book, The Couch Experience, A A Guide to Good Therapy. If you haven't grabbed your copy today, you can go on her website, drkatherinejackson.com, to grab your copy. In the life comes a time when we all need some extra support, especially after this pandemic. You ever feel lost as to where to start and where to look to find that support? Of course, dive on into The Couch Experience, A Guide to Good Therapy, It explores the process of therapy from beginning to the end. And if you are a clinician, this also helps. And you'll hear just a little bit more about this conversation in this book. Stay tuned, y'all. So glad to be back. Our column sessions. This session comes out in May. Mental Health Awareness Month. Yes. So... And it was very important for me to, uh, for us really, for uh, for your episode or your session to come out during this time because it's very important for us. So, what does Mental Health Awareness Month mean for you? <laughs> mental Health Awareness Month and in July for Minority Mental Health Awareness. Both of those months are like that's when I spark up yeah. <laughs> and say, "Let's do something." So. I believe it's about getting the word out and the importance of um, working with the therapist, just like any of the other relationships. You might have a relationship with your pastor, you got relationships with your family members, with your friends. This is an important piece to the puzzle of having a relationship with a therapist. Mm -hmm. And so especially for the month of May and the month of July, um, I I really try to talk about um, mental health, talk about the importance of therapy for people of color, because we don't seem to value it quite as much. And it was a lot of those things that you said earlier is why we don't. And just try to get the word word out. Yeah. When 
when we don't, we, you and I in the mental health field and all the other people, right? Uh, when we no longer have to keep breaking down stigma and mental health just becomes a natural part of everyday conversation like anything else, yeah. that's when I when I will stop. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. when I will be at my happiest. But yeah. we still got a lot of work to do. So yes, we do. Um, yes, that's we do. what Mental Health Awareness Month is for me. Getting the word out about the importance of uh, therapy and the importance of having a therapeutic relationship. Amen. Yes. So it, it just reminds me of a story that I have where I diagnosed a 13-year-old with depression, uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. a young black girl, and I just asked her some questions, basically, because she was getting in trouble at school. Uh, her mom brought her in, and I knew they had a, a history of homelessness um, mm-hmm. or being unhoused. And uh, at school, she would get in fights, even with authority figures. Like, oh, they just irk me. They be irking me. Um, and you know, I, you know, just middle school, you know, and, uh, you can't really take those type of personalities, uh, to heart. You really can't. Cause there's a lot of stuff going on with our kids that we just, people just don't know about, or they don't even do the assessment or they don't have yeah. anybody there to do an assessment. So, um, I just asked her, I said, do you feel sad? And she was like, what do you mean? And I said, do you feel blue? Like you want to cry a lot? And she said, I feel like I want to cry every day. And mm. her mom had already told me that she just sleeps. She sleeps a lot and she's she's irritable. And first, you know, I had to ask some questions about like her hormones and cycles and things like that. Because I was in behavioral health at the time in a medical clinic, um, which everything of hormonal was okay but um, she's just like, I, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like I want to cry every day. I feel sad. I just want to go to sleep. And I was like, oh my gosh. And her mom is thinking, depressed about what? And I said, okay, uh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to wrap up your medical session or whatever. Uh, and then we can make an appointment for you to come back to see me to do an actual session. Unfortunately, I didn't see her again. And yeah, it's just, you know, again, when we're talking about mental health awareness and we're also talking about minority mental health, um, it's very important for us to be a face and as well to educate parents, educate our kids and educate um, anybody who is willing to listen that yes. it's important, it's so important to be able to not just go to have a diagnosis, but like you said, the therapeutic alliance, being able yeah. to process a lot of things that they normally would not process with a parent or mm-hmm. anybody else in their family or friends because they don't know how to process it. They don't know how to talk about it. So just and if yeah. you, you pointed out that they don't even know that it, like what exists. Yeah, that you actually have something that needs to be addressed, addressed. or treated. Yes, because you know you guys know and we know that once you don't once you have something that's bothering or coming back to you that if you just not address it's going to keep coming back and building on each other. Just keep building. Um, and causing some concerns in your in your life. So yes, mental health awareness. And, and it gets funkier. The yeah. longer it goes untreated, oh, yeah. it's coming down funkier oh, yeah. and funkier way. Yes. So it's, it's, there's no yeah. way to say it, but that, oh, that's yeah. what it is. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so we've seen it. We help 
unravel some of that stuff. We help guide our clinicians, even, you know, teaching clinicians and teaching clients yeah. as well. We help guide in this process. So, yes, we, we. And you raised like two good points. And I just want to, I just want to throw them out there. Yeah. You don't have to pick them all up and pick, a, pick it apart or anything. Yeah. But when you talked about that, that um, case or this uh, particular story with this young lady, that's a part of Mental Health Awareness Month too. Yeah. Making people aware of different signs and symptoms for different uh, conditions that are going on so that they know that they need help. And so that's the time to reach out. And then um, some people, this is some people describe this and some people don't, but I think it's an important, it's important for us as uh, therapists of color to educate some of the non or people who are outside of our particular about what that, what therapy could look like. Because what you said about that young lady, I can't see uh, a non-black therapist working with her. She needed that relatability. You understood her language. And so um, it would be nice if more people can work with with uh, black uh, patients. Um, but I don't think they, that it there is relatable for a lot of them. And I think that's where the barrier is. So that's part of that's part of our job to teach other fellow clinicians, that kind of thing. For some people, some people are like, nope, it's not my job to teach you. <laughs> you better just learn it on your own. So, well, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't front yeah. people, uh, people yeah. from on either side. Counseling so. brings a whole bunch of teaching in there. It, it really does. <laughs> it really does. So you, you don't know until you step into, you know, step into situations and you're like, oh, they really don't know. So yeah. it, it, psychoeducation is very important for someone to, to realize what it is that you're saying and why you're saying yeah. it, why exactly. you're processing it that way. So, yeah, yeah, we that's the other hat that we wear. We teach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. And I appreciate you for being here, taking your time out on a Saturday. I don't know what yeah. the weather is like there. It's kind of storming here, you know, so, but it's, it's warm. A little up and down here. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that um, one day when the world does really open back up, that I will find myself somewhere near Chicago or in Chicago and I will meet you face to face. Don't tell me that you're here and I see these pictures (laughs) floating around, I'm gonna be mad at you. Yes, yes. So if you come this way, you let me know and if I come your way, I'll let you know. (laughs) Yes, most definitely. We have found some more network here. Um, and it's always it's always good to see another female color a female of color clinician doing what she does best and serving a population um that needs to be served and is speaking the language of the population that is needed so how's it been going this past year oh <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm over the pandemic i don't know yeah. how you, yeah. you feel about this but yeah I'm, I'm so like as soon as we got to like a year i was like i'm, I'm just tired of this yeah um but it's been a good year. Mm-hmm. I had some really big things planned in 2020 that all yes. got pretty much yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> demolished in, in that year. Yeah. But with everything that was taken away, God replaced it with, with so much more. So it ended up Amen. being a pretty good year. Amen. Yeah. And 
it freed up a lot of time. I don't know how it, how it works out for you, but it, like I was writing, starting the concept of that book uh, in 2019, but I really didn't pick anything up or do anything. So I got it finished in 2020. Oh my goodness. You got all of this book really finished in 2020? In okay. 2020. So for those of you in the listening audience, I am I have a book that Dr. Katherine Jackson wrote, and it's called The Couch Experience, A Guide to Good Therapy. And this book came out how long ago, recently? Um, so it was officially launched, available for anybody to purchase on February 15th. Yes. So it's been a couple months. <laughs> February 15th. I have my copy here. Uh, I've seen other people on social media with their copy. And I was yes. just telling her about how this book would have really been great for me in grad school. But if you were in me grad too. school right now, yes, <laughs> if you were in grad school right now, this would be a really good text book for you to keep for the rest of your career. Um, so, <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, and this will also go to our clients as well. People who are looking, you know, people who are looking or just interested in doing therapy. This is a really good book. So a lot of clinicians and a lot of people can use this book. I promise you guys just going by and reading some of the, um, some of the, the, chapters in here especially about what to look for in a therapist somebody who's knowledgeable somebody who's respectful of your culture your identity someone who um kind of like can speak your language and y'all but you can also disagree in yes. safe space <laughs> in a safe space so yeah, yeah. yes ma'am so a really good point there yeah. with the disagreeing um I think people think like they can't say anything that's wrong. But if you can't, if you can't bring up what's wrong or what you don't like or what you want to change with your therapist, I'm not sure that's therapist for you. Yes, yes. <laughs> so you should be able to say whatever you need, and they shouldn't take it hard. You guys should be able to communicate so you can reach some kind of like a happy medium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you said in 2019 you came up with the concept. What made you kind of think about? Oh, this needs to be out. This needs to be to the masses. You don't laugh. Uh, too many people were coming in my direct message, asking me questions about finding a therapist or about therapy or what types of things can be done for specific family members, themselves, or conditions. I got tired of mm -hmm. uh, sending <laughs> everybody, like saying pretty much uh, the same or very similar things to so many different people in my uh, direct message or text messages. And I'm, I'm just gonna do the whole book and it'll be a resource for, for whoever, so. Yeah, you had a problem and you found the solution. <laughs> I love it, I love it. And then you- I, I still get a couple of direct messages. Of course. I'll like, uh, answer that really quickly and say, this book See, has well, it all. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's really good. That's really good to go ahead and find that solution and then be like, hey, See the couch experience by Dr. Yeah, Catherine right. Jackson. <laughs> It'll exactly. answer all of your questions. Yes. <laughs> I think that's an awesome experience because you use 2020 to um because again the extra time that we end up having to pivot, the buzzword pivot, uh you pivot and, and made productivity. <laughs> I might have pivoted too much because I, I started the practice and the book. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I was just 
I don't know. For me, um, sitting around wondering and, and worrying about the pandemic, it just it just didn't work for me. So when I get like that, I, I try to use the energy in, in some other way. And even mm-hmm. pre-pandemic, if I have a lot of extra energy going on and I'm, I'm in that kind of like waiting space, which we're all still in a waiting space yeah, in the pandemic, truly. then I, it, I tend to try to do something else, something I haven't got into, be creative, something like that so that I'm not... Uh, it doesn't turn into worry and yeah. it doesn't overcome me. <laughs> yeah, truthfully, truthfully. Yes, so that's really good energy that you have been. Really good <laughs> Thank you. Energy that's, that's very academic and helpful. Um, I so, tried. I, I, I can't take all the direct messages. I, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <get> the book. <laughs> yes, definitely. So you are in Illinois and you have been in um, this field for how long? Ooh, a long time, more than 10 years, I've, I've lost count. Okay. Uh, a pretty long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've been living this, like, pretty much my whole life. Right, right. So you've been doctor for over, you said over 10 years? Maybe? I've been doctor uh, Jackson for over 10 years. Okay. I've been in mental health for, for more than 10 years. How long has it been? Ooh, almost 10 years it is almost yeah, 10 years yeah <laughs> a couple more years it'll be 10 years that i was dr jackson okay well congrats still congratulations because i know you're making <laughs> you. a positive um impact in the area and areas nationally because i've read <laughs> some you. other things about you so where uh, you have written uh articles you have been in other um social medias so can yeah. you share that with me as well <laughs> you said share some of that yeah so if you have um if you have other things that you are doing or have done uh that we need to pay attention to and read um i don't know i i i i've done so many articles yeah. <laughs> pictures and so many articles yes. some of my uh favorite ones are is the one that i was featured in forbes it's about parenting and empathy so like really cultivating empathy mm-hmm. with kids and it does start young yeah. Like if uh, if you, we don't teach it to the kids, that's why they're kind of jerky. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and then another one uh, that I really enjoyed, and it's a little bit older, but I, I still like I still use it with with patients when I get um, when I get girls who experience this because I've never gotten guys who experience uh, this particular thing. But it's about sexting, yeah, and the impact of sexting, and that's from the Washington Post. And the impact of sexting is um, is so heavy on girls. Like the guys, they kind of get off yeah. with it or whatever. Um, but girls get so ostracized, labeled, and um, a lot of girls have to switch schools and everything just because of something you know that's said because she sent a picture maybe um, without thinking, or a guy asked her for a picture and she complied with it, and now she's the one that's labeled. So. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I, I like the one that I was featured in uh, Oprah Magazine. I've been featured in Prevention Magazine twice and um, the Huffington Post twice. And one of them was like what to do when your therapist goes on vacation and oh, how wow. to talk to a loved one when you um, when they need therapy. Like you can't just be like, like using it as a weapon. Right. 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 <laughs> oh, you need to go to therapy like, right. like it's a weapon. But it's a, it's a way to talk to people when we feel like our, our loved ones need to go. Yeah. therapy so those are some but mm-hmm. there have been a lot Many? we could be talking yeah. for hours on yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we could 
we highlight each article. I'll have to go find those. Those sound really nice and interesting to be able to share with not only other clinicians again, but to share with uh, with clients. So those are really good. Um, what is your population? Right. Yeah, some of them I share with some of my uh, my patients. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what is your population? Um, okay, so prior to the pandemic, it yeah. So prior to the pandemic, it was different than what it is now. <laughs> I'm yeah. just gonna say that um, the population was whoever because I don't know things. So I would see people for the gamut. It was uh, any. so just fyi it was uh storming on my side of the universe so i had a a bit of a wi-fi freeze so i do ask dr catherine a question i repeat the question so this is where i'm like oh can you hear me so we did have a, a minute where we were frozen for a second but we got ourselves back we bounced back and we were so flexible just fyi okay you said some of the issues that prevent yes, therapy? Yes, yes. Is that what you said? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Insurance is one. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what you said. Yes. Insurance is one. So if it's not in the DSM, yeah. how do you how do you code things when you are uh, working with black women? Um, so they do have the, the diagnosable things that are a result of what I said, with okay. the, um, like doing for everybody else, putting themselves last. Um, a lot of what uh, shows up that, that is diagnosable is depression, anxiety, and I'm seeing a, a good amount of PTSD from childhood trauma. Right. Um, right. If, if they don't meet one of those, then uh, often, of course, you know, like the adjustment disorder. <laughs> yeah. Because they're having a hard time adjusting yeah. to life at that point where they are. Right, right. Uh, I, and do you charge insurance? Are you private pay? At, um, at OWNS or Optimal Neurologic <laughs> Services, um, it's all self-pay. And if I saw that same patient at the group practice, it will be so much higher. So I deliberately have my my rates lower uh, what I would normally charge if I worked someplace else to um, to make it more affordable, mm-hmm. particularly for people of color. Yeah, and that that's important. And I know uh, that I've read of um, some information from different private practices and things like that, and they're like. We, you don't want to charge a lot, but then you want to be able to survive as well. Yes. Uh, so there's times where you you don't charge a lot, but then figure out that they do have money. And how do you find that balance? <laughs> you know, how do you find that balance? Um, I mean, you, and this is in the book too, but okay. if you could charge based off of, of income, mm-hmm. and some people do, they do income-based, um, right. and that means some people might be paying more than their typical rate, mm-hmm. and some people will be paying less. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, I just I just had a certain plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I first opened up, only so many people could get like the, the base, like the, the first new rate, yeah. and then um, I moved up to my uh, fuller rate. And whoever came after that just got that. And it's still under. It's just it's just under. I, I don't ask, it, like, if you're a millionaire, <laughs> you yeah. should be coming in and 
you want to work, um, I'm not going to um, then say you should be paying like $300 an hour. Yeah. Um, if, yeah. we, if we fit and we work together, then that works uh, for me. But that's my model. Everybody has to do something that works well for them. Right. I um, while I'm a you know a therapist or a psychologist, that's not all I do. <laughs> that's not my only source of income. Yeah. So I could see some other therapists having to charge um, their fuller rate because that that's their primary primary income. That's, gotcha. that's not my primary income. Gotcha. Yes. So that's understandable that it seems. Yeah. And so you're able to work with it because in one regard, yeah. you, you have made your, you're kind of like your checks and your balances already. So yeah. that's really good. Mm-hmm. That's really good for the population and for the women that you are serving. Because um, it feels sometimes like uh, for, for black women or women of color that um, therapy is a luxury that yeah. people of color don't get to have. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I was younger, we didn't go to therapy like that. You know, I think might have had a couple of referrals here and there to men, uh, predominantly (laughs) white men, you know, and then didn't stay or maybe talk to the minister or the pastor or something and didn't really not consistent with that. So, yeah. Now now you're really going into some space. Yes. yeah. Black us as black people, we tend to I feel like we over we overuse the services of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, the church is meant to be for our spiritual growth. Yeah. <laughs> and we use the church for some resources for everything, including for our mental health. And maybe some pastors are um like they are trained in doing some of it, but yeah. that's not that's not really what they're charged to do. Right. <laughs> that is it. And when we start to go too far into that and expecting them to, especially like you're talking about people with like a personality disorder or I can't see a pastor treating somebody with schizophrenia. Right. I, right. I just can't. Right. And I feel like that would be too much and that's too much to ask and too much to put on on uh, pastors so mm-hmm. yeah i put the pastors there for the spiritual growth and i think he put us here yes <laughs> for the mental wellness so definitely definitely i think um because we didn't feel comfortable in spaces and we didn't know True. about what mental health was either. It's It was more like a it's demonic thing. So then, oh, just take them to the pastor. Just call the pastor. Just call, you know, the elder <laughs> or, you know, one of the spiritual ladies, the mothers. Just call one of them yeah. to uh, to figure out what's happening, you know. And you, you touched on a very good subject because... Although this is 2021 and some of the stigma has has been releasing itself, we still have yeah. it there. We still have it it's there. Still, it's still a ways to go, mm-hmm. but it is we. It is better than when when I was little. Yeah. Oh <laughs> it's yeah. Way better than when I was little. Yes. And um and it's and it looks different because like you mentioned, going to a man most likely somebody white. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the people in my my tribe, my network is our black people, um, black therapists or therapists of color. Yes. So there are a lot more of us now than I think it was like when I was a, a kid. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> pats on the back, everybody who is a person of color clinician or black clinician. So thank you for being in the field. Thank you for doing what you do. I know it's hard. I know there's a lot of things that we have to uh, we have to kind of shape and shift to and make it fit 
uh, or yeah. not fit for a yeah. population that these books were not written for. So, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yeah, we definitely have to kind of like as we're doing therapy or or providing therapy with people, we, we have to kind of decolonize it too because it really wasn't made for us, mm -hmm. and but we need it and we yeah. benefit from yeah, it. Yeah, so. definitely, yes. Um, so that's a, that's a huge, huge thing and that we'll continue to sing the praises of therapy, a good therapist. You can find out how you can get a good therapist by reading the book, <laughs> the characteristics of it. Yeah. The characteristics of it are all in her book and, um, you will not go wrong with that. Uh, cause it does take some time to find you a good one. It does take some time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can get one and be like, oh, she's good or he is good or however that, that means for you. But then there's others that it's like, um, that one really didn't feel too good. I might need to find me someone else. Yes. And just like, you're not going to waste no time. <laughs> yeah. Um, in a relationship, a bad relationship, because life is too short. Don't yeah. don't waste your time in a bad Truth. therapeutic relationship. <laughs> life is too short. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so, definitely. And if you have a jaded type of experience, please, please, please do not let that stop you from yeah. trying again with somebody else. Like, if the first person you dated and it didn't go well, right? And you said I'm not dating nobody else. We don't do that. No, we tear up and we go again. Keep trying. It's the same way. Yes, <laughs> keep trying. That's a that's really good for someone to be like, oh, okay, okay. I'll dust myself back off and find me another somebody. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> and sometimes it take your time. You know, sometimes you can get it through your job and sometimes you can get it. Um, you can find your own through your insurance or if you want to mm -hmm. private pay someone, you know, just look at your budget and see how much you can fit in or uh, who what clinician can fit in for what you need. So, and never, never be afraid to ask. Yeah. So if you meet with or talk with a therapist and they say, this is my rate, but maybe that's a little too high for you, ask. Mm -hmm. Sometimes therapists will lower a rate for, to work with certain people. And especially if it's a, a, um, a person that really is right in their uh, wheelhouse of their niche and what they do, and they feel like they can do a lot of good work with you. Sometimes they'll meet you halfway. So let's say if a therapist charges one fifty, but maybe one fifty is too much for you. So you can you can draw out and say, oh, can I pay ninety? They may say ninety is a little too low, and they may counter with like pay one ten. If that kind of works for you, then yeah. that'll work for you. So okay. always ask. All you can get is a no, and then you're in the same place, and then you just yeah. keep going until you can find something that works for you. Definitely, most definitely. And, and again, this works for other clinicians, too, that are trying to find a therapist for themselves. Uh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, I don't know, Dr. Dr. Jackson, there's times where, because I'm looking for a therapist right now, and I'm thinking to myself, well, what do I want? Because I really don't know. I, yeah. I, I love talking to seasoned uh, clinicians, but then I think to myself, uh, am I going to be in a place where I feel like I want to please them like they're a parent? Or do I want someone who's like the same age or want a man or a woman? So it's just Ooh, a lot I of questions. Just a lot of questions. So, of course... Um, I have been uh, kind of tearing and looking and, and again, taking some tips from your writing. 
Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, nobody's reading this book. They just, they just get it. Oh no! <laughs> so you're oh no! <laughs> so, yes, yes, I am reading. I am reading. So. because it has really good information inside of the book that again all of us can use uh so with that being said i know we've talked about your population i know you talked about your location are you from are you from illinois yes born okay. and raised in the chicago land area well in chicago okay so, okay mm-hmm. uh barack obama okay <laughs> <laughs> and michelle you know when all the people um repping um uh, Kamala Harris for HBCU. Yeah. Okay, I'm from, he's from Chicago. Let's look Chicago. <laughs> well, good. Like, the rest of us have to be quiet. We <laughs> didn't go to HBCU. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> so that, that is so good. That's so good. Now that we are, we're kind of slowly coming out of a pandemic, although we're still in it. Uh, but what is like your network of therapists? Do you have a network of therapists around your area that you um, mentor or that mentor you? What What is it that you do? What is it that, um, or where do you go for, for that type of network? Um, I have just been so blessed, like slightly before the, the pandemic and um, meeting so many cool cool ladies just like you that I have never seen or been in the room uh, face to face Um, but we've all been networking and sometimes we do uh, like meetups virtual meetups and we'll we'll talk about what it's like trying to run a private practice Mm -hmm. or talk about what it's like if we all were trained in a certain technique or just talk about what it's like to be a person of color and in this field so it's been really nice. So most of my network, my tribe, all that is yeah. virtual. Yeah, uh, I do have a handful of therapists that I know um, who are in this area. So like if I'm full or if it is completely not in my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. <laughs> then I refer people to, to these other people. Right, right. Okay. Well, that is awesome. That is awesome to always have a good network. Uh, same for me with the pandemic. I think I've grown my network virtually mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. uh so, well since the end of 2019 so it's always good mm-hmm. to have people in different areas because i learned from people in different states uh different licensures and doctors and things about how i can do my job a little bit better than what i do now so mm-hmm. i've i've been sitting here learning mm-hmm. and looking and reading from all different type of clinicians and it's been amazing that that is the plus of being at home during the pandemic that has been the plus well see the thing about it is that we picked up all this stuff in the pandemic because we had to like, yeah everything went virtual yeah but i don't plan to stop it like yeah. i've met so many cool people just because life opens back up we should still network yeah. virtually and, definitely and so on and so forth it is, everybody's not going to be next to you like or right. one town over and all of that and right you meet some pretty cool yeah. <laughs> people pretty yeah. dope when you just expand your reach and thank god virtual does that it brings us all closer together yes it does and i think in the future i'd be very intentional of doing virtual as well but also traveling so if i'm anywhere yeah. near i'm like yeah. i'm yeah. going to be here <laughs> are you going to be anywhere close by 
So I think I'm gonna be more intentional. I told somebody I'm gonna do a hug tour when it's all safe. <laughs> I love that. Like, oh my gosh, it's so good to meet you face to face. So yeah, oh yeah. So it's always that always feels good to be able to meet with um, even not as much like minded, but you're still learning from people while you're while you're getting this network virtually. So yes, yes. And you don't always want everybody to be like-minded. Like, no. we're all, we think exactly the same. How do we grow if we're not networking with some people who think a Definitely. little bit uh, differently from us? So Definitely. It's just been nice. Yes, yes, it has. Yes, it has. What would you like for um, your audience to know about you that maybe... Because I've been asked this. Yeah, <laughs> that maybe people might not have guessed or known. So I was on talking with somebody else in, in March for Women's History Month, and that was my last speaking engagement. And uh, she she's a real, the lady who, who interviewed me and we had, or we just had a chat because it didn't even feel like an interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she asked a similar question. Um, and I'm gonna tell you the, kind of the same thing I said to her. Uh, that is just because you see this, you know, or you call me doctor, uh, doesn't mean that it's been easy. This has been a pretty rough road, but I would not, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, everything that has happened to me is what went into making who I am right now. And um, more importantly, even for everybody else who's out there listening, if I get through it <laughs> and get to the other side, and this is like, I'm really in, a, in my happy zone within my career now, but it was not always this way. It's only been this way truly for the last two years, maybe three, um, but it, it gets better. So stick with whatever that is, that is your passion within you. Um, it, it, it'll get better. It, yeah. it gets, it, you can do what you want, but sometimes it, it might just be really rough on that. Um, path to it and people like I'm a neurotherapist and so people probably think oh you know so smart so this and so that I had to work hard (laughs) I had to work very hard in fact that first that class in my doctoral program on the brain I didn't I didn't do so hot with (laughs) on the first try I didn't get an F I got what's considered a doctoral F which is a C Um, and so I, I had to retake that class. And so if you get knocked down, just keep getting back up again. If that is really your true purpose and your true calling. So Mm, mm, mm. I'm glad that I stuck it out. So I wanted to quit. Yeah. (laughs) Ooh, Dr. Jackson, that touched me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the truth. And to be honest, I used to hide that story. I used Mm. to be like, oh, I'm not going to say but it's a part of my story. Yeah. It's a part of my life, and I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah. It, it went into who I am right now. Ooh, cause <laughs> did I go too deep? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just you know, cause again, what you just said is the hundred percent naked truth that. Um, it, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Whether you are your doctoral, definitely a lot of work. Hard sweat, sweat, blood, tears. Um, no sleep, no eating, sick. 
No, no interacting with family. Yeah. I, I missed a lot of stuff. Yes. I missed a lot of functions. <laughs> yes. And yeah, definitely. I remember even in, in my master's program and people just want to hang out. They want to go here. They yeah. want to go there. And I was like, I'm trying to write a paper. Yeah, not willy nilly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I remember bringing my laptop to a bar and sitting at the bar with my friends. No, don't you feel bad, because I did that once. I brought my whole bag, and my sister was like, um, why do you have your Like, I need to still look over some stuff while we, you know, chat. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm stuck. Since you were here, let's talk this out. I'm glad it wasn't just me. That's why it definitely spoke to me. So, yeah. Just a lot of years of, of just a lot, uh, hustling and um, asking yourself questions like, mm-hmm. is this really what I want to do? Yeah. Because oh, this is so hard. I'm not, it just didn't feel like you're going anywhere fast. So, yeah. uh, which the, you know, the award is not given to the fast all the time. So, right. yeah, so I'm glad if you it, said that. It was quick and easy, everybody would have it. Everybody would do it. So. You know, a million times over. Come with some kind of some kind of pushback, some adversity, yeah. <laughs> some challenges. Yes, yes. So thank you. And I'm gonna say this episode comes. Thanks for listening to another session of hashtag Get Naked Therapist. Did you know you can connect with your host LPC Chris? Leave a voice message on the Anchor app, Facebook at LPC Chris, or email at getnakedtherapist at gmail.com. Be sure to reach out with feedback. Would love to hear from you. Monday is my actual birthday, but I took off Tuesday too because Mondays are usually my admin days. Okay. Will like do my scheduling, but I'm like, yeah. I'm not doing scheduling on my birthday. Yeah, no. Happy <laughs> birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, CJ. <laughs> <laughs>